Hi, this is Flita with Women Ministering, a place for women and actually anyone um, who's changing the world by sharing God's love. Today we are talking about 10 steps to start a women's Bible study group. Um, and I don't know if you're thinking about starting a Bible study group, but if you're reading or listening to this, then probably you are. I've led lots of Bible studies in my life, and I remember what it was like to start out and do it for the first time. And it can seem like a very overwhelming thing, but really it isn't. And so I'm going to try to give you some steps um, that will help you with the process. Maybe you've been talking with some of your friends about really, we kind of like to do a Bible study. And you're sort of feeling that nudge that maybe you could lead it, but you're afraid to. Um, maybe you don't think you can do it. But you know what? Like I just said, that's how every Bible study leader feels before they taught their first Bible study. So to help you out, here's these 10 steps. Um, if you're thinking about it, then you probably have at least one or two friends that you've talked to about it, and they'd like to do it too. Um, Really, all that's required to do this is faith and preparation. And you can probably do both of those. So you just need to take a chance. That's really what it amounts to, is to just step out and do it. Your friends will understand, and they'll even pitch in to help you, because they aren't expecting perfection. If they're really your friends, then that's not their expectation. But you also want to honor God by doing your very best. So if you're thinking about it, maybe you're thinking about doing a Bible study at your church, and that's a little bit different um, than doing it, for instance, in someone's home or in a coffee shop or a restaurant or out in a park or whatever. If you're going to do it in your church, you probably will need a little bit more preparation, and you're going to need to discuss your ideas with whoever is in charge. Maybe you have a women's ministry leader or your pastor's wife, or your pastor, or whoever it is, you'll need to go to them and talk with them about what you would like to do. Um, and they're going to want to approve your materials and your plan. Um, and if you've never done it before, another really good thing to do is to have a partner. Um, for one thing, just for in practicality, what if there's a week that you can't attend? Well, rather than having to just halt the Bible study for a week, your partner can step in and take the reins, or maybe you can share every other week, or however you want to do it. But it's really helpful to have a helper in teaching the Bible study. Because the thing is, leaders are never perfect. And for a small group Bible study, you don't even need to have all the answers to everybody's spiritual questions because part of what happens as the dynamic of the group is that you kind of answer those questions together as a group. Um, maybe someone shares a struggle that they're having and then others can talk. The one thing that you don't want to have happen is there is no criticism allowed. And that needs to be clear from the beginning of the Bible study that never criticism of anyone else's struggle and what happens in the group or is said in the group stays in the group without, unless there is specifically the permission of the person who shared it. 
but otherwise no or if there's something they shared where the law is being broken then that's a whole different thing but in general for most things your discussions are private and there is no criticism there are words of encouragement there's prayer for each other and lifting and building each other up but not criticism so step one in starting a bible study group is to pray and you've probably already been doing that because you've been telling god i can't do this and god's kind of been saying well i think maybe you can and so you've been going back and forth with god about doing this and it's okay to be a little tentative if you've never done it before um, and with or without experience every bible study leader needs lots of prayer so pray about each of the points that i'm going to give you and then let the holy spirit lead I want to start by reading you Philippians 4, 6 out of the Passion Translation. It says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. So yeah, before you start this, go to God, tell him everything, but then also take the time to listen to what he's saying back to you. Pray a lot. Step two then, if you're kind of still feeling the go-ahead for this, is to find your purpose. What's the reason for the group? Is it to study the Bible? Well, okay, that's a pretty big subject, so then you need to narrow it down. Um, are you going to study a book of the Bible? Are you studying a topic in the Bible? Um, do you have one smaller subject? Um, how to be a better wife, how to be a better mother, how to handle two-year-olds, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Are you looking at Proverbs 31? Um, do you just want to pray more? That, that's the types of things that you need to narrow down because your purpose is going to determine the materials that you need. And if it's the first time that you've ever started or maybe led a Bible study, you know, it would really help you to start with something that might be at least a little bit familiar to you and also something simple. Keep it shorter, um, maybe a shorter study, a three-week study on increasing your prayer life or a, a month-long study on the book of Ruth, or something like that. But make it easier on yourself if you're brand new at this. Step three is to determine your style. Is this a casual group? Are you going to have it in somebody's house? Um, are you going to meet in a park? Or do, are you wanting to go to a coffee shop and just have a, a very informal, casual, loose group? Or are you going to try to have something more formal and do it at church? Um, are you just meeting for coffee in a 15-minute Bible study with a lot of discussion? Or are there going to be long periods of prayer that would require a more private setting? So you need to kind of think about all of that and make a decision on what style would be the best for you, but also the best for the people you think might come. Um, you might already have an idea of the setting that you want and that your friends would probably the, be the most comfortable with. Um, and you can change it up, do a coffee shop one week and a park the next. 
and that this decision can be changed after you get started. You might start in someone's home and then go, oh man, the weather's great. We want to meet in the park next week. So it can be flexible, but to start with, you need to make a decision. Um, because it's also entirely possible that your three-week study on becoming a prayer warrior um, could turn into a much longer commitment on another subject. So you kind of let your style evolve um, because your style is going to determine where you study and what type of subjects you tackle. Um, if you're going to have a study where people are going to maybe be talking about sin that they're struggling with, then a coffee shop really isn't the best choice for that. Um, you need to have a setting where con intimate conversations and private conversations can be held without other people overhearing. But if you're just doing a lighter Bible study where that really doesn't matter, then you know you can expand your choices there. The other thing is, look at the group that you have. For instance, if you have a group of brand new Christians, you don't want to do a serious in-depth study of the book of Revelation because they're going to be totally lost and they aren't going to continue to come. And so really think about all that. Step four is who will attend? Who are you going to invite? Now, you might, might already have a group. Maybe you've been talking with people about it, and you're just trying to get the nerve up <laughs> to actually do it. Um, but if not, if maybe you only have a couple of people who you know would attend, but you want to invite some others. Well, who is that? Who do you want to invite? Um, you also need to figure out how you're going to invite them. Maybe you know some ladies who are new to your church and you want to invite them, but how are you going to, in, how are you going to do that? Um, and even if it's just a casual group for friends, you still need to invite them after you set a starting date. So before you set the date, decide on who you want to invite and how you will invite them. Now, why do you need to do that? Well, because your invitation needs to make them want to attend. Um, walking by somebody at church and then stopping and going, oh hey, I'm going to start a Bible study a week from Monday at 10 at my house and I'd really love to have you come. Give me a call. See ya. That isn't going to work so well for someone who's brand new to the church. Um, you haven't really made them feel like you want them there. You may have even made them feel like, oh, yeah, I just thought I should have invited you. <laughs> and you don't want to do that. Um, even close friends appreciate knowing that you're, they're important. Everybody needs to know that in those invitations. Are they important? And do you truly want them to be there? So you need to make that invitation special. Um, after that, you can text or private message or email or however you guys stay in touch with each other. But start out with a special invitation, especially for those that you don't know very well. Because like I said, even your very best friend appreciates that special touch. Step five, you need to make a decision on how many will be there. 
um, the number attending has a lot of variables. If you're meeting at church, you might have a big enough room that 20 people could come. But you also have to decide, do you want that many people there? Most of the time, 10 to 15 people is the best thing. 15 is really the maximum because the larger you get, the less likely it is that everyone will participate. And I have led Bible studies where there were only four or five of us that came regularly. And those were some of the best Bible studies that I've ever attended or led because we all got comfortable with each other and everybody talked and shared and had input. But in a really large group, it's much harder to do that. And a lot of times, um, unless you're a really experienced leader, it turns out that there are just a couple of people who pretty much do all the talking, and you really don't want that. You want to keep the conversation moving and have few enough people so that everybody gets a chance to share. You might have one or two people who it might take them several weeks, and you never want to force someone to share. What you want to do is just keep inviting them. And at some point, they'll ease into it and they'll feel comfortable enough to share or they'll stop coming, one or the other. But um, don't press them, but do let them know that you really want to hear from them when they're ready. Anything over 15 becomes difficult. And so I really would recommend around 10. Um, if you're brand new at it, less than 10 would be great. Now, step six is, okay, where are you going to meet? If you're meeting in a home, um, then you, you're going to have to talk with the hostess. It really is best if, when you're the leader, that you do not have it in your own home. Now, sometimes you don't have a choice. I've done it, and it is doable, but it's a lot nicer when one person is the hostess and another person is leading because then while you're leading, you're not noticing that Sally doesn't have a cup and she doesn't know where they're at. And so you have to stop and go, oh, hey, I'll get it for you. Um, that type of thing. It just makes it much easier if there's a hostess besides you. And so there are some other decisions that you'll have to make. And this, these decisions happen no matter where you're going to meet, if you're, but particularly if you're meeting in someone's home. Will there be children attending? If so, are you going to have child care or will the kids be in the room with you? Um, for some Bible studies, that works. Just depends on what, you know, what your subject matter is. And so you really have to weigh your subject matter with your who. Who's going to be coming? Um, if it's all moms with little kids, then you, you, know, you have different decisions to make about your subject matter and where you're going to meet. Um, if you're meeting in a public place, you're going to need to contact that place, find out if there's a suitable room and what the cost might be, and is it going to work to have kids in a public place or not? Maybe it will. Depends on the public place. Um, if you're in a place like a restaurant or a coffee shop, might be a little bit harder to have the children in there. So if possible, it's really good to be able to meet without kids or 
maybe to have, um, maybe you're meeting in a home where there's a living room and a family room and it's summer and you can hire one of one or two of the kids from church to come and watch all the other children either in the family room or outside and you'll pay them something for that and that's a really great option or maybe you're meeting in a park and so one person or someone you hire can go take the kids over to the playground and play with them for an hour um, if all the attendees at your study if their kids are all in school then you're probably going to have a daytime meeting or maybe a weekend meeting. Um, your decision about children is definitely going to decide where you meet and when you meet. If you have a mixture in there, it might be a Saturday morning so that the dads could babysit. Or um, you might be able to do a daycare and ask everybody whether they have kids or not to chip in and help pay for that. I've also done that before. I led a Bible study where there was a mixture of people. There were not too many that had little kids and some whose kids were old enough to be on their own or whose kids were grown, but everybody was happy to chip in and help pay for daycare. So don't worry about that part of it. It, you know, but it plays a huge factor in where you study, where you meet, and um, what you study. Then uh, you also need to look at, are you going to allow nursing babies only, or is it preschoolers only? Are you going to say no children at all? Well, then that's where the other options come in. Uh, can you do daycare? Can you hire someone? Can the attendees take turns watching the kids? Um, will they chip in to cover the cost of child care, or are they part of the study? So it all depends on what you're doing and what everyone else is able to do, but those are all things that you need to look at. Step seven is to decide on your subject and your resources. So once you decide, and like I said, um, you can talk about it with those who are going to attend your study, but at some point, somebody has to make a decision. So you probably are going to be that person that maybe there's three things, you got to pick one. So you've made that decision. Then you need to look at how everybody is going to obtain it. Is If it's an online study that you're going to do, can everybody get it for free? Um, or is it a book that everyone will need to purchase ahead of time? Um, in the blog, I have an example of a book that can be purchased. It's called Awaken, 90 Days with the God Who Speaks by Priscilla Shirer. It, it's only $11.49. I have a link to it in my blog, um, or you can just go to Christian Book and get it yourself. But there is a link there. Um, it's reasonably priced and easily available. Um, all of those things relate to your starting date. If everybody has to buy a book, then you need to give them enough time to be able to afford it and to purchase it. If it's a free download or an online study, then you can probably start sooner. And I do have also a link in the blog. If you go to womenministering.com, find this blog, and go, then go down to the very bottom of it, I have a list of resources for books and online sources. Most are free, some are paid. I also have some Bible studies on my website. Um, some are free and some are paid. But 
that way you have some place to go and look if you're not familiar with doing this. Um, so if there's a free download for an online study, that makes it really easy. But that's what you need to look at and figure out is, okay, here's what we're going to study. Now, however, how does everybody get this? Um, and it will also determine some other things. Now, you could do all kinds of things. I'm just talking about a Bible study, but there are all kinds of women's groups. Um, one of them is Bible journaling, just getting together to Bible journal. And one person does a real short devotion. You just meet for a set amount of time. You can easily do it in a, a public place. Uh, generally, there's no children in a Bible journaling um, situation in a restaurant or something. But those are fun. Um, for that type of group, the person would just need to know what they needed to purchase. I mean, really all they need is their Bible and some pencils, but if they don't want to color in their own Bible, then they might want to buy a Bible. Um, there's a great one called the Inspire Bible. It's a New Living Translation, and there's also a link for that in this blog on my website, but you can go on and just uh, search for journaling Bibles and find them. And that's a really fun thing to do. That also could be something that you would incorporate in with your Bible study, is that maybe one week uh, you just take one of the verses and you do some Bible journaling with it. And so that's another option for you, but it's more decisions that you need to make. So, so far, you've prayed and you've made a decision to step out and start. You figured out your purpose and the subject that matches it. And you've also determined the style and what type of meeting place would be most appropriate. You've picked out a few people to invite and decided on how you'll invite them. And then you have narrowed it down to that one thing that you're going to study and how to get the required materials for that. So step eight is what additional resources will you need? If the study is in somebody's home, then you need to think about refreshments, things like cups and plates. Is the, is the hostess willing to provide those things every week, or do some of you need to chip in and buy some cups and plates and napkins to have available every week? Um, because usually if you have it in a home, you want refreshments. Even if you do it at a playground or if you do it in a coffee shop, usually everybody likes to have something to drink at the very least. Um, you also might want to have some extra paper, pencils, markers, even a Bible. Because, you know, if you've got a young mom and she's rushed to get around and get her child dropped off at daycare, and then she gets there and figures out that she forgot to bring her Bible, it would be nice to have one available for her. If this is an online study that you're going to look at or listen to as a group, then you're going to need, if, if it's a video, online video, then you're going to need a television or a large computer screen and a way that everyone, you know, enough chairs for everybody to be able to sit around and watch it. If it's a podcast, you can just play it over your phone or over your computer, and that's much simpler. And it is possible to do some very simple and free Bible studies online. Um, another option is that everybody can just watch it at home before they come. 
they can write out their thoughts and their questions at home. And then the leader, you would want to have a few questions just to get the conversation going. And then they can share their thoughts and struggles and impressions. And you know, most of the time, simple is the best. And that's step nine. Keep it simple. Um, simplicity helps the leader because it lets you focus on the people instead of just your mind is just overwhelmed with this study that you're trying to teach. The point of the study is the people, not the study. And so keep it simple so that you're not overwhelmed. Um, and that's really important if you don't have experience in leading. So once you know what materials are needed, then you can include that information in your invitation. You know, they'll need a Bible. Maybe they'll need a pen or a pencil or a highlighter. Um, are there printed materials that, will be, that are going to be required for the study? Or is there a book or a, a study outline, a printed outline that they need? Um, you know, if they want to buy a, a journaling Bible, if you're going to do that, then be able to provide them with some options for that in your invitation. Now, step 10, you're almost there. You now know when and where you're going to meet, what materials are needed. Um, and there are some decisions that might wait until your first meeting because you might have, need to have the first meeting in a home and then decide because you get together on a Tuesday and everybody's like, oh man, this is so hard. Is there any way we could meet on Thursday? So you make a decision to change your day or your time or your like location. Maybe you met in a home. Well, now the weather's nice. Everybody would rather be outside. Um, if that's workable with the type of study that you've chosen. So those are things that can evolve over time. Um, so what, however you do it, you want to have that information in your invitation. Your starting date should be no more than three weeks after you send out the invitation. Around two weeks is really good. Because if you send them out two months early, everybody will have forgotten by the time you get started. And if you try to just give them seven days or five days or something like that, they may not be able to make all the arrangements and purchase the materials needed. So give it two to three weeks and for your start date in your invitation. Um, send out your invitations or email them. And remember this, God will bring in the people he knows need to be there. Um, it might start really small and then grow. And never judge your success by numbers and don't take it personally. Maybe you had somebody who just, oh, yeah, I'm going to be there. I This sounds great. I'm going to come. And then they don't show up. And maybe they don't even say anything to you, but it's because they're feeling bad. It's not because of anything about you. So don't take it personally. Um, if you invite 10 and 5 come, then you need to rejoice. And if you invited 10 and 12 come, well, then sing hallelujah while you're going and getting some more chairs. But really and truly, like I told you before, no more than 10 is really good, gives you the chance to interact, and your location will also determine some of that. And you're asking yourself how to lead. Well, 
that's what I'm going to cover next week. Um, I will have a blog coming out next week giving you tips on how to lead a small group. Um, it isn't rocket science, and anybody who really wants to help others can do it. And that's really the key. You don't do a Bible study because you just really want to be the leader and show everybody what you know. That's not going to work because they're going to see through it. Um, you need to do it because you want to help some other people, and maybe you want to be helped yourself. Maybe this would be a great way to make friends and expand your reach. Um, but the main object has to be to help others. Now, hopefully you've attended some Bible studies and been led by the people that you respected and trusted. And that's one of the reasons you're wanting to do this. But if you think about that, the people who are coming want that same thing. They just want to be able to respect and trust you. There's an old saying, and it is absolutely 100% true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that is the key. They need to know that you care about them. And if they know that you honestly care about them as people, they are not going to expect you to be able to read the Bible in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. <laughs> It'll be okay if you say, Gosh, I just really don't know, but I'll try to find out because they know that you care. So relax and just love them and do your best to lead them and to be more like Jesus. So here's a rerun of the 10 steps. Number one is pray. Pray about what God wants you to do and submitting yourself to his will. Number two, decide on a purpose. Um, you can do it alone or with a group who might be attending, but ultimately you're going to have to make the decision. Decide on style, casual, formal, outside, in a home, whatever. Number four is start a list of the people that you would like to have in attendance. Number five is then set a maximum number of attendees. Number six is determine where. You have to make a decision. So now decide where you're going to meet, at least for the first time. And again, that's partially determined by your subject, um, the type of attendees, and the availability of a place. Number seven, make a final decision on the exact resource you'll be using. Um, number eight, make a list of the resources that are going to be needed because you're going to want to put that in your invitation. If there are specific things that they need, at the very least, they probably need a Bible and a pen or a pencil. Um, so you need to make that list. Number nine, remember, was to keep it simple. And number 10 is to take that last step, mail out your invitations or send out the email or do your personal invitations two to three weeks before you start. So those are the 10 steps to start a women's Bible study group. And again, you're probably thinking, well, yeah, but now how do I do this? And like I said, we'll talk about that next week. But I want to tell you this. God gives you what you need when you step out in faith. And that's the key. Do you care about people? And are you willing to take a step of faith and do a little planning and preparation? Um, prayerfully review all these steps. Because if you're reading or listening to this, then you're undoubtedly already thinking about it. 
um, and thinking about stepping out in faith to do it. And what I can tell you for sure is that you can do it if God is asking you to, because he never asks unless he intends to give you all that you need to fulfill his purpose. And I want to end by reading a passage in 2 Peter 1, 1 through 4, from the Passion Translation. This letter is from Simon Peter, a loving servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to those who have been given a faith as equally precious as ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, He has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. So, you can rest in God's promise to you that you already have everything you need for life and complete devotion to him. Now, again, there's a free list of Bible study resources um, on the blog that can be downloaded for free. Um, Some of them are free resources, some of them are paid, but it will give you a starting point. And I would encourage you to go to my website, womenministering.com. And the other thing, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me. Here's my email address. It's fleeta at womenministering.com. And fleeta is F like in Frank, L E D like in David, A at womenministering.com. If you have questions, just send me an email. I'd be happy to hear from you. And I thank you and I look forward to talking to you again soon. God bless.